0: Welcome to the Slim and Satisfied Podcast. I'm your host, Daphna Chazen. Over the past decade, I've helped hundreds of women stop dieting and start living a life that is truly healthy, enjoyable, and delicious. If you've struggled with weight and have yet to find the right solution to your health concerns, you're in the right place. Each week, I'm going to share my best tips, tricks, and strategies to eating well without ever feeling confined by diet rules or short-term fixes. Join me as I walk you through my science-based, practical tips that will transform your habits for good. My down-to-earth, no-nonsense approach is going to get you the results you've been craving all along. So are you ready? Let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode one. Wow, I cannot even believe I'm saying this, but this is the Slim and Satisfied podcast. And I'm your host, Daphna Chazen. I am beyond thrilled that you've joined me today. And I'd like to start out by saying thank you. I know that there are endless sources of content and information out there for better or worse. So it really does mean a lot to me that you've decided to tune in today and check out this episode. As I mentioned in my intro, I'm a registered dietitian and a weight loss coach, and I've been in the nutrition, weight management, and healthy eating space for the past decade. Over those years, I've developed very specific protocols that help women reach their goals, mostly around weight loss, with very simple but effective strategies. And that is what I plan to share with you weekly right here in this podcast. I wanna just quickly let you know that this podcast is designed to serve as your go-to source for any tips, tricks, strategies, as well as tons of motivation that you need in order to lose weight without ever feeling like you're on another diet and that you'll soon stop following it and fall off the wagon again. This is the real deal. If you're anything like the women I work with, you're probably highly accomplished in many areas of your life, you're incredible at what you do for a living. You're super creative. You have some cool hobbies. Um, many of you are amazing mothers, daughters, sisters, and wives. But for some reason, many of my clients—and you may relate to this as well—they find that weight loss isn't as easy for them as some other things in their life. It hasn't been that easy to figure out. So they've been burned by some crash diets. They lost and gained more weight than they'd like to admit. And over the years, they just developed. This sense of burnout and frustration that's making them feel less than when it comes to their weight. If any of this rings true for you, I have created this podcast for you. My goal is to inspire you with each episode to start taking big strides, big meaningful steps toward a healthier body, and just as importantly, a strong mindset for success. So I'm here to tell you that you can definitely do this, and you just probably need the right type of guidance, some solid plans around eating and weight loss and mindset, and maybe a little tough love here and there. So let's just call that accountability. As you listen to this podcast, my hope is that things will start making sense to you regarding what works and what doesn't work. You'll feel more clear about where to focus your attention for a sustainable weight loss, and you'll know exactly what steps you need to take on this journey. If that sounds good to you, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you can get notified when new episodes become available. And after you listen, I'd be so appreciative if you left me a review or reached out to me to share your thoughts about the episode. My email address is going to be listed in the show notes below. So now I wanna jump into today's episode. As you can imagine, I did some deep thinking around this first episode. You know, it's your first impression of me, so I wanna make sure that I'm providing great insights and starting us off on the right foot. So I decided to go with a topic that on the surface is not directly related to weight loss, but when you dive into it, you'll see that it really has everything to do with why weight loss is so hard for some of us even when it seems like we're doing the right things, we're going through the right motions, meaning we exercise, we buy the right food, we say the right stuff, but the results are just not there. Why is that? Why is it that some people seem to have a harder time than others, even though we're trying super hard, we're doing the right things, and we're really investing time and effort into losing weight? Well, The reason that this happens many times is most likely related to something called limiting beliefs and some form of self-sabotage, which are both going to set the stage for a really negative weight loss experience and disappointing results. So this is what I'd like to focus on today, and I'm hoping that this episode will really be an eye-opener for you as far as some of the things that are holding you back maybe under the surface, not so much every day, but under the surface kind of as a general theme around your mindset and your beliefs. So limiting beliefs are actually something that we all experience, and it's really important to know that. But what's what's wrong with limiting belief, the problem with limiting beliefs is that many times they shape our actions. So When we act based on those limiting beliefs, and I'm going to talk about exactly how they may manifest and where do they come from, but when we act upon those beliefs, we give more validation to those beliefs, those false thoughts become more ingrained in us, and the cycle just continues to happen over and over again, where I'm acting in ways that don't really support my overall bigger goal, my overall goal of losing weight sustainably. So let's tease this apart a little bit piece by piece and take a look at some of the ways that we can bring awareness to our own limiting beliefs, specifically around weight loss, and also talk about what to do to stop believing everything we think. So in a perfect world, if we were trying to make a change, say I'm trying to lose 25 pounds and things are not going smoothly... In a perfect situation, I'd be able to immediately recognize any obstacles that hold me back and just get rid of them, right? So this would make it so much easier and faster for me to reach my goals. If I knew exactly what's posing a problem for me, I'd just quickly eliminate that thing and proceed with confidence and clarity, and soon enough, I'd be meeting my goal with little or even no resistance whatsoever. Wouldn't that be great? The reality is that things are not always this simple, right? They usually are not. We as humans are pretty complicated creatures, and things do not always follow a rational or simple path. Weight loss is not just about what we eat and how much. It's also a reflection of what we feel and think. And oftentimes, this is where things get a little complicated. We think that we can't lose weight due to not knowing what meal plan to follow, or lack of time, or too much stress, or maybe even lack of support from our environment, whereas the reality is that these are all external reasons that would likely not matter if I felt fully confident in my ability to lose weight and I had no false beliefs around what it takes or what losing weight permanently actually looks like. If I felt 100% sure that I can do this, nothing would stop me. And you're the same way. In other words, in order for me to fully pursue my goal of losing weight, I don't need to look at external things. I need to look internally and figure out what are those things that are maybe holding me back. Those are the things I want to eliminate. You don't need the best meal plan. You don't need 100% support from every person in your life. All you need is conviction and confidence that you can do this for yourself, no matter what the world throws at you. And this is where limiting beliefs can become an issue. This is where where they can surface and really start pulling you away from your goal. So in order to be laser-focused on losing weight, we need to make sure that what you tell yourself, what I tell myself, is constantly pushing me forward, not holding me back. So the first thing we want to do is learn to identify limiting beliefs because they're not always obvious. They're not always going to be labeled as limiting beliefs, right? When we think certain things or we feel certain emotions, we may not be able to tell that that is a limiting belief or a false thought. So we want to be able to be really good at recognizing them. And the more you do this, the more you practice this, the better it will be, the easier it will be for you to identify them and quickly take care of that. So how would we know if a limiting belief is holding us back? And how would we even recognize one? I want you to think about something that I see in my practice all the time. So this is the easiest example, the easiest way to illustrate what a limiting belief is. If you've ever thought to yourself or said to someone, and again, I hear this all the time, women will tell me, well, I know what to do. I'm just not doing it. I'm not sure why, right? Have you ever said that? I know what to do. I'm just not acting upon it. What I've seen over my years in practice is that there is usually a limiting belief that is holding that person back. So now if I counsel someone and they tell me this, we may not even talk about food at all. We may just dig really deep into why are you not acting? Why are you staying passive? What is that thing that you're thinking that's preventing you from taking massive action and just implementing all the good stuff that you know? So it's important to know, and I want you to be really clear about this, everyone has some form of limiting beliefs. It may not be around weight loss. It may not be around health, but they exist in all of us. So someone who may have their health and and weight under control may experience this around their professional life or relationships or even their spiritual life. And once you become aware of limiting beliefs, you'll start noticing the many different ways that they can manifest across all areas of someone's life. But what's really key here is that you want to understand that no matter how they appear, no matter where they show up, limiting beliefs are 100% made up. They're usually not based in any facts or any true evidence that's out there. So they're more of a result of our interpretation of a certain situation or just a story that we tell ourselves over and over again until we start believing and we start seeing it as the real truth. Now, because, as I said before, they're so deeply ingrained, we start believing them the logical mind is not really able to recognize these thoughts as false. So I'm going to give you some hints as to how to recognize them more easily because I think it can be hard in the beginning. Number one is you can pretty easily identify a limiting belief by thinking about anything you say to yourself to justify why something isn't working for you. In terms of weight loss, limiting beliefs will usually start with phrases like, I don't have enough willpower or I can't lose weight because I'm too social. My situation is different. I have a harder time than most people because I can't work out. Things that usually start with, I'm not able to, I can't, I won't, but this is different, but I have a harder time than most people. These are all usually reasons that we use to explain why we haven't been successful or maybe we were successful at one point and then something happened. In that event, say you were really stressed or you lost your job or you got injured or God forbid you were in an accident All of a sudden, that event becomes a way to further validate my my limiting belief that I can't do something, or that my situation is different, or that no one else has the tough, unusual circumstances in their life that I have in my own life. And the way that we process these events is usually by continuing to develop false beliefs, and and limiting beliefs around them that validate why we can't lose weight, why we can't get healthy, why I shouldn't even try, because it's going to take so much of me, I'm not even going to try, because I know it's going to not be successful, I know I'm going to end up in the same spot that I'm in today, so why bother? Another way that you can recognize a limiting belief really clearly and easily is it usually completely negates your most desired goals. So it stands in contradiction to what you really, really want. However, it's gonna sound 100% true for you and you've basically accepted it as a fact. So this may sound counterintuitive or contradictory, but it's gonna stand totally against what I want. And let's go back to losing 25 pounds I really do want to lose weight because it's going to give me more energy to play with my kids. It's going to make me uh, more energetic. It's going to improve my mood. It's going to improve my confidence, which in turn will improve my relationship with my husband. All of those things are likely things that I really would think about constantly. So I really do want to reach that goal of losing weight for my quality of life, for my health, for my future. But then I have these limiting beliefs that I've accepted as true and they negate, they negate my goal a hundred percent, but I already so truly believe them that I see no way out of it. This is where we would use, usually or sometimes use labels. So people will say, well, I'm a carb addict or I'm a poor planner or I'm a stress eater. And these are all the reasons why I can't lose weight because I am this person, this is my personality, my nature, my MO is to be a stress eater and I've accepted it and that's not gonna change, so why bother? But clearly no one wants to be a stress eater, no one wants to be unable to resist carbs, but using these labels is a sign that I've fully accepted this as my identity and again, it totally negates my real desire to lose weight, but this belief now became a reality in my life and I'm gonna act in ways that support it. So we're gonna take a look at that. So in other words, our false beliefs are gonna be guiding our behavior and further validating those beliefs, whether they're you know positive or negative, usually they're negative. And the reason that we do this is really simple and it has to do with our brain trying to protect us. So when we act on our limiting beliefs, it helps us to justify the undesired behavior so there's less friction between what we think and what we do. And then as a result, since I again acted in a way that's in support of my limiting belief, I now have even more evidence to support it. You see how this cycle keeps feeding itself? I think this is a good place to pause and think about an example that will illustrate this concept, since I know it could be a little bit hard to grasp, a little bit abstract. So we're going to take an example. I'm actually going to give you two examples, and I hope that that will help clear up what limiting beliefs truly are and how we act in ways that support them. So the first example I'm going to give you is a personal one. It's from my own personal life, and this this goes back to my childhood. So I'm the youngest of three children, and both my siblings are significantly older than me. So when I was little, my parents were so much more lenient with me than with my siblings, and I can say that I was pretty much allowed to do anything I wanted as a kid. No strict discipline was ever enforced on me, and I didn't have a lot of rules as I was growing up. Well, Over the years, since my siblings and even my parents saw me as the baby and were never too strict with me, I developed this image of being lazy, being the lazy one in the family. So I can't recall doing less homework or slacking on any chores that I had, but I just developed a sense that because I was the youngest, because my parents didn't have too many rules and restrictions on me, as I was growing up, I was thinking, well, I'm spoiled, I'm the lazy one, and I don't like to do hard work. So now that I look back, I can totally see that I adopted this false belief and really took on this label and just started behaving in ways that validated it even more. So when I told you that there's a cycle where you think something, you feel something, then you continue to act to support it, this is what I mean. So let me give you an example. When I was in high school, I would come home every day around, you know, two o'clock, three o'clock in the afternoon. And instead of doing homework or going to sports activities or anything like that, I would go take a nap because I was lazy. And since I spent my afternoon sleeping and since I was spoiled and lazy, I wouldn't even do my homework when I woke up. I would just watch TV or meet up with friends and just hang out. I did always complete my homework, but I would do it while I was eating breakfast the next day or even at school a few minutes before class started. This is a true story. I really became this professional procrastinator, and of course, the more I did this, the less likely I was to engage in different activities or do anything that was above the bare minimum of what was required of me. So... This clearly was behaviors that made my lazy identity further defined. I really perfected this persona of me being lazy and spoiled and just validated that that was who I was. I didn't pursue anything extracurricular. I never, you know, worked too hard at school. I just did the bare minimum to pass. Thankfully, I had good grades, and I but I studied just enough just enough. Cramming through the night was definitely not my thing, and I always did just enough to get by because I believed that I was a lazy person who did not like to work hard. Thankfully, when I was 18, I joined the military, and there was no longer the opportunity to be lazy, spoiled, or to procrastinate at all. And I then quickly realized that I need to abandon this lazy image because I created it for myself. It wasn't true. It wasn't based on anything real or anything factual. And I was able to identify it as just a thought, just a belief. And really, it was simply my interpretation of a certain situation. And I also realized that I was the only one who had the power to turn it around. And that's exactly what I did. So I was able to stop believing everything I tell myself, stop believing that I'm acting in certain ways because that's my personality or my identity and grow out of it and really adopt a different, more positive persona, more positive identity, more positive image for myself that will be conducive to my goals. I wanted to do big things. I wanted to go to college. I wanted to get a degree. I wanted to become a professional. And these are all things that I would not have been able to do if I were lazy, if I were truly a procrastinator, if I were truly a spoiled person. I wanted to step out of it so that I can accomplish my goals and not just stay comfortable with what I believed was true in my own little head. The second example I'm going to give you is from my client, Michelle, and it's more related to weight loss. Michelle came to me in order to lose about 15 to 20 pounds that she's been struggling with for the past five years. She's a wonderful cook, and she enjoys entertaining her entire family each weekend. She's really known for putting out the best spreads of food and drink for everyone to enjoy, and she also has a very active social life. One of the things that she mentioned to me very early on is that she probably won't be able to lose weight and stay socially active since most of the time there's food involved. So she believed that in order to be successful in weight loss, she needs to stop entertaining and stop going out and, you know, that in order to really make meaningful progress, we would need to change her social life to such degree that she would feel isolated and alone and a little bit deprived of the good fun stuff that she's doing with her family all the time. Well, needless to say, none of it is true. None of this is true. None of it is really a reality when you're losing weight. You do not need to stop being social. You do not need to stop having fun with your friends and family. And as we started working together, she really struggled to make meaningful progress. And even though she had a good plan in place and all the tools she needed to start shedding some pounds, she wasn't really progressing. Nothing was happening on the scale. Nothing was happening as far as, you know, her eating habits or just changing her health for the better. And every time we would talk about it, she would say, well, I love my plan. I think it's great, but I have an event coming up, so I didn't start yet. Or I'm following the plan, but not on weekends. So she basically kept holding back from fully implementing her plan since she didn't think it would fit into her life. So she really developed these two Michelles, the weekday Michelle and the weekend one. And what we saw is that she was going into the weekend planning to be off, planning that it would be a free-for-all, and that was extreme self-sabotage that she, a lot of times, wasn't able to recover from once Monday comes. So it wasn't so much that she wanted to be social and that she wanted to eat and drink. It was that she was going into these parties and events with a very different mindset that she was having during the week. That's really where limiting beliefs can become a problem because it almost does this big 180 degree shift that now puts you in a whole different mindset, a whole different thought pattern around food. And it's very hard to go back and forth and keep on being on track and make really good progress. So even though she was on track during the week, once the weekend hits and she started going out and entertaining and having a good time with family and friends, she was doing all the things that didn't serve her, all the things that made her progress much slower. When we actually take a closer look at Michelle and her limiting belief, we can see that there are a few layers here. So she definitely didn't want to stop being social. That's one aspect of it. But the other layer here, and I see this very frequently, is that people assume that there's going to be a perfect time for weight loss. We assume that there's going to be one day where we're not stressed, where we have all the time to meal prep, where we have all the time to exercise, and that's going to be the perfect day to start, and it's just going to be smooth sailing from there. In our rational mind, we know that that's not true because we live in reality and we know that life always gets in the way of our health plans and our weight loss plans and all the good stuff that we want to accomplish. We need to stop waiting for that perfect time. And this is what Michelle was doing. Just uh, just another weekend, just another party, and I'll get started. There's always going to be a holiday. There's always going to be a vacation. That perfect time does not exist. So, Michelle was doing a similar thing where she was waiting for the perfect timing. She was waiting for her life to be so primed and ready for this weight loss journey. Because She probably thought it would be a lot of work. She probably thought it can't fit into her busy schedule, and she definitely thought that she would have to stop being social, and nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to accept the fact that they need to change their life so dramatically to lose weight in order to be successful. So we keep holding back and holding back and telling ourselves a story that one day there's going to be a perfect time. All the stars are going to align for me, and I'll be able to lose weight and smooth sail my way to my goal weight. Never gonna happen. This is a reality that is false, it's not true. So once Michelle realized this, she started to feel a lot better, things got easier, and she made some great progress over the next four to six weeks. We spoke about how her intention to lose weight didn't stop once Friday night hit. So her actions needed to be supporting her throughout the weekend, even if she wasn't 100% on track. And we also learned to accept that if you're 60 or 70% on track, or maybe 40% on track, that's good too, at least it's not 0%. And she did it. She decided to stick with some basic rules around portion control. We talked about what she would eat ahead of time. We picked some lower calorie drinks and some treats for her to enjoy. And those were all things that she liked anyway. And she was even able to, after that, go on a cruise and do really well. She just needed to let go of the false belief that weight loss and being social or having a good time are mutually exclusive and that you need to put your life on hold in order to lose weight. Most importantly, she needed to step out of this all or nothing mentality around her weight and have some have some self-compassion. Be able to go out, have a good time, Do your best to stay on track, but recover even if it wasn't perfect. Recover even if it wasn't what you had hoped it would be. Just get back on track right away and keep moving forward. Sometimes you go to a party and you're completely off plan. That's perfectly normal. What's not normal is to then say that the rest of the weekend or even the week is shot and you never get back on track and you just tell yourself that you have to give up time with family and friends in order to be healthy, that you can do either this or that, but not both. So I hope these two examples made sense and explained in more practical terms how limiting beliefs can play a huge role in weight loss. I would love for you to spend a few minutes today to think about your own limiting beliefs and how you can start recognizing them as just thoughts and not facts. So what I would suggest that you do is take a piece of paper or maybe even dedicate a journal to this because this is gonna be a process. It's unlikely that you're gonna step out of limiting beliefs overnight. You're gonna have to keep working on it and dedicate some time to it. But a great place to start is by taking out a good, nice book or journal and just writing down the first three reasons that you believe you've been struggling with your weight. Is it related to time? Is it related to stress? Is it related to not knowing what to do? Just write down anything that comes to mind. And if you write more than three, after you let it all out on paper, I want you to pick the top three things that you constantly think about as far as obstacles for losing weight. These are the three that I want you to focus on. And what I'd like you to do is start gathering evidence against this belief. So if one of your beliefs is that you're an emotional eater, I want you to think about times when you felt emotional, whether it's positive, like happy or excited, negative, like sad or upset or angry or neutral. Maybe you just felt bored. And I want you to gather, gather evidence about those times and see how you handled those emotions without food. Okay, So that's going to be your, your information that's going to help support the fact that this belief is not true. Was there a time where you felt angry and you didn't turn to food? You managed it in a different way. Was there a time where you felt bored and you engaged in some other activity other than eating or snacking or going to the pantry or thinking about food that diffused your boredom? These are all things that I want you to start paying attention to, and you're going to start gathering that evidence to negate the belief. The other thing that you can do is think about other people in your environment that are going through similar things to you, but are handling it differently. So they're handling it in ways that do not impact their weight or their health. So for example, if you have a coworker and you believe that you're a stress eater, that coworker is likely experiencing the same or at least similar stress to what you're experiencing. So how are they handling it? Now, of course, I don't want you to pick out a a person who's doing similar things to you. I want you to pick out a person that you think is managing it well, a person that you think is managing it healthfully and in a different way that maybe you're aspiring to. And I want you to kind of, Look at that person and write down some of the things that you're observing. What are the things that they're doing that are different than you and maybe more conducive to health and weight management? So, these are some of the places that I'd like you to start. I also want you to think about the fact that many times we hold on to limiting beliefs since we're not totally sure why we want to lose weight in the first place, meaning we didn't paint the vision yet of what losing weight would actually mean and how it can change our life for the better in so many ways than just physical appearance. So I have a free guide called the Real Food, Real Weight Loss Starter Kit, and it includes an exercise about uncovering your deep why. So this is an exercise that's going to help you really dig deeper into why you want to lose weight, and it's going to help you focus your attention on what matters most to you. So you can find it by going to www.dafnachazen.com forward slash free. I'm going to link to it below. And you're going to be able to download this starter kit and walk through the five steps of sustainable, good weight loss that does not involve dieting or deprivation. And one of the steps is going to focus on uncovering that deep why, which is going to really help you narrow down your focus, keep the positive goal front and center, and then it's going to be much easier to work on those limiting beliefs if you continue to think about your why and think about all the amazing benefits that are going to come with weight loss. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Slim and Satisfied podcast. There is so much more good stuff coming your way in the next weeks and months. So make sure that you check back weekly for new episodes. I also want to mention that I'll be going live on my Facebook page every week to answer your questions and see how you're implementing some of these things into your life. So that information is going to also be right below in the show notes. And I hope to see you again here in the same place, same time, next week. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll talk to you soon.